Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Starring Madeline Carroll in That They Might Live, an original radio play on the Cavalcade of America. Now. It's a disgrace for a German hospital to be run. 
run by a Polish woman. The whole city is laughing at us. Quiet. Here comes Dr. Mueller. Oh, good day, doctor. Has the body been removed? No, doctor. Marie Jasensky. You may go now. I will speak with her myself. Yes, doctor. Who is it? Oh, Dr. Mueller. Dr. Joseph is dead. Yeah, I know. He was a great man. Unfortunately, he was too extreme in his ideas. We shall make some changes at once. I may as well tell you now your appointment as director of the hospital has been rescinded this up this morning. No, you cannot mean that. You it cannot. Was given in the vain hope that by humoring him, the doctor's life might be prolonged. You dare to do this? To steal from the dead? We have suffered enough from you and your exalted ambition. Who are you? The daughter of a Polish midwife. How dare you speak to me like that? You were all born peasants. You should remain so. Get out. Get out of here. We have no women doctors in Germany. Go to America. That is the place for fools. Yes. I will go there. I will go to America. Where the air is cleaner. Where women are free. Goodbye to your prison. Forever. Madam, it will not do you any good to come back. I've told you many times. There is no opening in our hospital for a woman doctor. Perhaps you can tell me where... There is no hospital in all of New York City that will take a woman doctor. Just the way things are. But my letters of recommendation, my certificates, you have not even opened them. I don't have to. It would not matter. I told you months ago. I'm sorry if I appear impolite, but it's the only answer. Yes. I'm beginning to believe that. Thank you, Mr. Director. May I ask, have you a practice of any kind? No. I have taken in sewing in order to live, my sister and I. You see, I must find a position in the hospital soon. Yes. The most I can do, madam, is to give you a list of doctors to whom you can write. They might be able to help you. Oh, thank you. I will try. I must keep on trying. to have to tell you this, but there is no more work to be had. My sister Elena and I will have to close our little sewing shop. Oh, it's a shame when honest women can't earn a living, and even when they worked it hard enough to feed body and soul. Only three dollars last week. There was only three dollars for myself and three for my sister. Oh, it's not you I'm blaming, Miss Elena. No, your sister's the doctor. Taking in a poor woman like me. Many's the time I ate here. Well, it's a mighty pleasant way to work when you see your boss working right with you and sharing what comes in. It's been the nicest job I've had. And we like you very much, Netta. Oh, I'll get along well enough, ma'am. But to think a fine woman like yourself, a doctor, mind you, has the soul for a living. Like me, Timothy was saying, and yet he was saying a man would be better off an island digging potatoes. Well, God bless you both. Goodbye, Netta. Goodbye. I'll drop in for a cup of tea now and then. 
What will become of her? I don't know. What will become of us, Mary? We are in America nearly a year. You are a doctor. Then why are you not a big doctor here, Mary? The hospitals do not want me. My letters are not answered. My doctor's sign outside is faded. There are no patients. I don't know, Elena. I don't know. I should not have spoken. Why do we fool ourselves? They laugh at a woman doctor here the same as in Germany. Now that we cannot sew, how else are we to live? We still have that money in the envelope. Yes, the money we brought and did not touch. The money to go home with. But, Marie, you cannot think of going back. If we use this money and then there is nothing, we'll be here as in a prison with no. our friends alone. <laughs> oh, come here, my little sister. My darling, let me hold you. I have frightened you. Yes, we have been away long enough. It is time to go back. There. I will open it, Mary. It is a new sewing order, perhaps. I am sorry, madame. We have been obliged to close our dressmaker's shop. Perhaps some other seamstress... But I have not come for a seamstress. I have come to see Dr. Marie Zaszewska. Doctor? Oh, why, of course. Would you sit down, please, in this chair? Uh, Elena, will you please leave us? Yes, doctor. And now, how can I help you? My dear, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. I, I know how it feels, but... I am not a patient. But I don't have... I am Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell. I received your letter some time ago in Boston. I am very happy to meet you. Dr. Elizabeth? The great Dr. Blackwell? Yes, I did write you. I had almost forgotten about my letters. It has been so long. I had resigned myself to dressmaking. I know. I understand what you've been through. Is there no way out? To prove by our work that we are doctors, as good as any, then they would not laugh. Mm. I see you are not beaten, Marie. I'm glad. We must not weaken. We must walk into their forbidden hospitals and let our skills speak for us. Oh, if only there was a chance to do that. I would do that. I would show them. You, uh, you wrote in your letter about a woman's medical hospital. My dream, too. It has brought us together, and we should work together. You mean for our hospital? Yes. Oh, it may take time, years perhaps, but the day must surely come. There must be a place for women in medicine. How do I thank you? I have no words, my good friend. My heart is silent with a thousand words. I know, Doctor. We reach out and help one another. And in that way, each becomes stronger. For we need your strength. There are many battles ahead. Fight with us. I will, Dr. Blackwell. All that I have, all my knowledge, all that I can do, I shall bring into the battle. There is no turning back. You 
are listening to an original radio play entitled That They Might Live, starring Madeline Carroll on the Cavalcade of America. Four years have passed. Dr. Marie Zakshevska, played by Miss Carroll, is now a resident physician in the New York Infirmary for Women and Children, founded by herself and her benefactor, Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell. As our play continues, Dr. Zakshevska is examining a children's ward in the infirmary. Doctor, we've decorated the ward just as you directed. Uh, we still have the new curtains to put up, uh, the ones with the nursery rhymes printed on them. Oh, and remember the new toys. They are very important. I will, Doctor. The children must feel that this is their home. Every small detail will help. Clark will must take their fear away, and then... Oh, I've been looking for you. Dr. Blackwell wishes to see you. She's waiting in her office. Thank you. I will check the wards later, nurse. Yes, Doctor. Oh, sit down, Mary, for a moment. I have some wonderful news for you. I have just received a letter from the New England Female Medical College of Boston. They have asked for you. For oh, me? What do they want of me? They want you to become the new director of the hospital. Director of an American hospital? Mm. But, 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 Elizabeth, I cannot leave. We started together. There is so much to be done here. Oh, the ground is already broken. Here I can carry on alone. But the new ground, the pioneer ground, that is for you. Oh, it will not be easy. You will find the same prejudice. But if you can hold on and prove yourself... If I only have the chance. Do you remember long ago you said if you could only meet them on the field, you'd show them? This is your chance, Dr. Marie Zaszewska. Our chance. For every doctor in the land will be watching you. And worked and waited. You are right, Elizabeth. The time is here to prove ourselves. Now at last we shall prove to all that we are equal with men. I am ready. Possible of being done for yeah, her. She's all right at first. When she came home, she was feeling fine the first week. Baby, too. Then all of a sudden, there was no reason. I've got to go inside, please. Mr. Adams, you may go in now. Well, how is she, Doctor? Well, how is she? Well, say something. Don't just stand there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did all we could. We tried our best, believe me. What else can I say? I know. Dead. She was feeling fine at first. Why? What happened? Why did it happen? Why must they die this way? It's wrong. Somebody's to blame somebody. I'm sorry. Well, it's the hospital. She shouldn't have died. Not the hospital. Oh, it's your fault, Doctor. Nobody's fault here. May I see her? Yes. He was wrong. It was our fault. Oh, fault. Oh, no, Doctor, it's not true. We let her out too soon. There was no space here, no room, not enough equipment. We have to fight for every single item, every strip of bandage, every bed. 
It isn't right. It isn't right. Oh, the directors are downstairs. Something's happened. I don't know what, but there's something. There's a meeting. I know. They have come again with their talk about money. But this time, I shall do the talking. Now, uh, please remember, Doctor, that we have considered your activities with some deliberation. The female medical college had been going along quite well before you took charge and introduced microscopes and test tubes and those newfangled thermometers. All the all, that's what they are. We have to train our students, sir, with the most modern equipment that There's can... too much training. That's the trouble. We don't turn them out fast enough. We do not turn out mere commodities, Mr. Herrick. We turn out doctors, a new kind of doctor, a very proud and capable... Uh, may I interrupt? Since you have been here, Doctor, you have greatly expanded the medical school for women. A very dubious project. Your experimentation must stop at once. Remember, we are first the hospital, and then, if you please, an institution of charity. Charity? Is medical training charity? No, it is justice. Justice to the sick and to the poor. You're too much concerned with the poor. I must be, sir, since they cannot be wished away. You're a very headstrong woman, Doctor. We will not countenance a woman who insists on impractical ideas. So, you do not like my ideas. It is easy for you to sit around this fine table and call my ideas impractical and pass judgment. What do you know of the world and its misery? Listen to me. Half an hour ago, a young mother died in this same building. She need not have died, gentlemen. She was discharged too soon after childbirth because we lacked beds. We lacked one bed, a thing made of iron. And an innocent woman has died. Come, come now, doctor. It's hardly our fault if one... It is our fault. You say I must not experiment. You say I must not train doctors. You say we must not expand our wards. I tell you again, we need more doctors, more equipment, more space, yes, and thermometers, too. This is no time for inventory, doctor. What shall we speak of, then? Of the weather? Shall we speak of good food and clothes? While every moment blood is lost, life is being lost? You're talking idly and dangerously, Marisa Setska. I am talking of the dignity of human life. I am talking about pain and blood and death and suffering. And I shall continue until the day I die. Do you understand? Or are these things only words to you? Uh, Just a minute, gentlemen. This angry discussion is getting us nowhere. I am inclined to agree with Dr. Sacheska. She should get more equipment and more space. If we can't run a hospital decently, let's not run it at all. What's happened to you, Sewell? I've changed my mind. I think there's more to be said, and I intend to say it. Look here, Sewell. Are you trying to take the part of that crack-brained doctor? How dare you speak that way of me? Calm yourself, doctor. Remember, we represent this hospital. You are not this hospital and cannot speak for it. It stands and will stand, even if this room were to go down in fire with all of you in it. She's right, I tell you. She's right. Thank you, Mr. Stewart. Let someone stand and tell them who they are. I've met them before. They breed in every country, every generation. They live on the misery and ignorance of their fellow man. They stand in the path of progress and try to stop it. 
But they will fail. They will learn that the world goes forward. Humanity goes forward. And they may as well try to hold back a flood. We will not be silent forever. The age of darkness is no more, gentlemen. Well, I don't know. So, you are leaving. Run then to the warm safety of your homes. Shut the doors, bolt them well. Draw the blinds, bar the windows, and try to sleep if you can. <laughs> try to sleep, yes. For I will not. Doctor, I am with you. I was proud to be in this room with you. I was proud to be a member of the human race. I have lost everything. And yet there is a kind of peace around my heart. But I must find somewhere to start again. Would you start again, Doctor? Would you be willing? Yes, if I had only a small building with bare walls and no equipment, I would start again. I would be heard from. Let me help you. Your work is absolutely necessary. I'm a rich man. We can get more money if we need it. And I'm convinced the people will not allow your work to die. To start again from the beginning. How many times have I done that? Yet it must be done again and again until our building stands in the sunlight. We shall start again, Mr. Sewell, and women must one day triumph, free from ignorance and prejudice to do their share of the world's work. And Mary Zashevska did start again, with a spirit of many names behind her. Anne Preston, Harriet Hunt, Mary Jacoby, and Elizabeth Blackwell. And there were new names to come, new hands to take the torch and carry it forward. Marie Curie from Poland, Edith Cavell from imprisoned Belgium, from Russia the heroic voice of Simonovskaya, from China the glorious name of Shumai Yon crying out, We the women will bind up the wounds and keep the men fighting for freedom. And yet to come were the women of America, ready with their comrades in this great mission, in peace or side by side with men in battle, so that they might live.
north, no east, no west. I only can live to the Union.